Welcome back to another edition of Scoreline Extra with myself, Sinead Kyo. We had another bumper weekend of sport, including Carlo versus Kerry in the Joe McDonough, as well as Kilkenny and Leash in the Leinster Championship and Carlo in Loud in the football. Also on the show today, you'll hear from Joe Sheehan about everything that's happening locally in the Greyhound racing scene. You'll also hear a clip from the latest episode of The Clash Act. We'll hear from golf ace Seamus Power and lots, lots more. But first, we're going to hear from Carlo Hurling manager Tom Mullally after his side's loss to Kerry yesterday in Netwatch Dr Cullen Park. Tom, that was a little bit disappointing after last week. We had big hopes, but I think you had a little bit of reservations. Kerry have been beaten in this final twice in the John McDonough. They came here today. They're going home at two points, so disappointed from a Carlo point of view. Absolutely, I'd say. Um, Brendan, disappointment would be probably an understatement. I think embarrassment would, would probably more kind of um, be the word that I'd use in relation to it. Um, I think it was a no-show in relation to, to us today. Um, why, I'm not sure. Kerry, Kerry brought their, their game to it. They were hungry for the pints. I think last week we showed the hunger we expected and, and probably the hurling we expected, but we didn't, we didn't replicate that today and that's probably disappointing as well as everything else Kerry got a reality check at home last week against Down could have been the step forward and needed for today they've taken that step forward you've definitely got a reality check today and Antrim next week things get a little bit difficult don't they oh yeah but that's the, that's the competition that we're in you mean and stuff that's why I think it's it, it, we, we were trying to learn throughout the course of the league last week we got a good start as you said against Mead we played Kerry today we haven't won that and, and thankfully we've, 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 we've got another game coming up next weekend so we don't have to wait too long before, before we're back in action again we'll see where it puts us plenty of matches Tom but I suppose home games is really the big thing but I know scoring differences come into it and if you did get a good result away from home you're certainly not out of this competition but it's certainly a result next week that put you back into it Oh no any, any combination of kind of results good, good bad or indifferent can, can keep us going um, even even if it doesn't go our way next weekend um, anything can, can keep us back in there so we're, we're quite happy we'll just take the game against Antrim um, we'll be obviously going up to kind of to do our best in that and once once we see where, where the final result lays we'll, we'll know better where we're at What would you put down today's performance to Tom? I haven't a clue, Brendan. You're asking me um, a question that I do not know the answer. Yeah. To. But at the but same it's, time, it's not Carlo. Carlo are a hell of a lot better than what we've seen today. You know that. Oh, absolutely. You mean that's that's why that's probably where the kind of uh, disappointment and, and embarrassment comes from. You mean and stuff like that because um, our, our expectations within the group would, would be an awful lot higher in relation to what was delivered today. And uh, I, I'm, you mean, I, I can't answer. It's a simple answer. Yeah, you were caught. John Nolan was injured at the start. John Michael it was great to see him back. Got a few nice scores. Uh, lost Jack early in play. That didn't help. And I thought they got the rub of the green in the first half as well. And I think you think that yourself uh, maybe so but there were prolonged injuries for me and you, you don't see teams being penalised for that but Kerry a bit of gamesmanship they've done quite well they, 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 they were cute Oh I thought Kerry did well I thought they managed the game very well if, if, it, if it was us was doing it we'd, we'd be more than happy um, so I, I think look at Kerry Kerry worked the game well in the first half worked the time worked the clock worked, worked the freeze um, yeah we could argue about, about some of the freeze in the first half we, I, thought, I suppose we're never happy with, with, with the free count anyway and stuff that way so it, it's something that um, goes I think when you win a game it, it goes for you anyway and when you lose a game it's something that kind of goes against you Yeah they got a big score up I know you did last week as well but still Tom the positive loads of games to play in this competition it's a great competition but uh, a win in Antrim is what you need now realistically next week Oh yeah we'll be, we'll be going there looking for it we'll obviously have to dust ourselves down we have to take today and the chance in, um, and, and assess where we're at and get ready for next weekend it's coming anyway and that's it so tomorrow we're ready for it See you in Corrigan Park Tom Thanks very much Brian Mind yourself Next up we'll hear from Kilkenny Senior Hurling Manager Brian Cody Job Brian. done Brian 
Oh, yeah, look, I mean, obviously the object of the exercise is to win the game, and we won the game. We won it comprehensively, really, and um, overall, sure, we're happy, yeah. Played well, Kilkenny. Everything worked right from the start and took their scores well, moved well, everybody got their part. Yeah, no, look, overall, the attitude was good, first of all, I think, you know, which is key to everything. And the movement, all that was decent. I mean, like I said, we went out to work hard and work our way into the game, so we did that, and that's good. They'll be happy with the midfield pairing today. They got, uh, I think, about eight points or more between them, and their work rate overall was good. Now, look, they'll beat stronger opposition, but it was good to see that. Oh, no, there's no doubt about that. You know, it's good to see it, of course, and it's not so much that they scored eight points, which is it is very much about it to an extent, but the fact that they gave themselves the opportunity to do that, you know. Um, I think we're conscious of the fact, too, that Leach were a shorter number of players, uh, to be fair, and, I mean, the last day of Leach lost a point, I think, to Dublin, whereas they've lost a few players since that, so we'll be very much keeping the hold, or keeping our feet in the ground after this. Now, in terms of going, this is obviously, Galway will be a much different proposition next week, and be a much different test. They're comfortably winning against uh, Westmead tonight. So, how have these two games prepared you for the Galway test? Well, look, the first thing the first two games have done is we've got four points in them, you know, which is um, absolutely everything, really. And, I mean, we've prepared they've prepared as far from the whole point of view of getting match practice and that, and I suppose trying to improve our, our, our score difference and that. So, look, I mean, it's it's all systems going now. Like, we knew this was going to be the case. Um, we know, of course, that going over to play Galway next next weekend is a serious jump in, in, in the challenge that we're going to face. You've played a number of players now over the last couple of matches and uh, it's given you an opportunity to reflect on your team. Are you happy that you're getting the, uh, the players are giving you the, 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 the challenge to pick the best team now? Are they all putting themselves forward properly? Oh, look, it's a, it's a serious challenge to, to picking the team. is is not easy from a good point of view, from the fact that there's um, a lot of um, options there. We're picking from a position of strength. Our panel, I believe our panel is very, very strong. And to get their, the 15 that may start from match to match can change. I'm not, I never have been concerned about a, a settled team. I'm more concerned about a settled attitude and a settled spirit and a settled work rate, all that kind of stuff. If we get that right, regardless of the personnel that start different days, I think we'll be competitive. We said 18 wides today, uh, now that didn't really matter in the context of today. Is that something you would like to see worked on in training the next week? And realistically, training is not going to be overly exerted in the next week. Oh, yeah, it's a short turnaround, obviously. Look, I mean, we don't want to be shooting 18 wides. Of course, we don't. Um, and some of those were certainly wides that should be thinking should be scores. But that's what happened today. I suppose the fact that we um, had a very, very healthy score as well suggests like, how much ball we had. But obviously, um, in tight situations, those wides can cost you. In terms of the games coming in such quick succession, now you get a break after the Galway match. It's uh, it's really tough on players and tough in management as well because you don't get much chance to reflect on training. Oh, well, look, the toughest thing probably not, not probably the toughest thing is players who hit an injury, um, even if pretty much innocuous injury can um, knock you out in the next game. So trying to keep as healthy is the big thing. Brian, uh, just to make four changes for tonight, and I said earlier on, the lads all done well. You spoke to Nicky there about panel and the whole how important it is. But I think everybody that was introduced tonight, you're obviously happy enough with them also. Yeah, look, they all, they all um, show that they're competitive and that um, they'll be challenging for a place in the starting 15. Again, we'll have to look at things during the week and see what combination we'll come up with next week. And that's a good, good position to be in.
Brian, young, young Shane Walsh, another of the dynasty from Tullerone. He, he's new and he looked good tonight in spots. He, he's young and yeah, uh, Shane, look, is a very, very good hurler and, and has been a very, very important player for the club for the last couple of years. Like I said, he's a young player, but Shane is is is, is a real good scoring forward. Brian, you got TJ back for his first start of the year. That, that was a, a nice game to ease himself back in. We're saying some ways. Yeah, look, obviously he'd been out for a while and that, you know, it's important that um, that game time into him, see how he's going and, you know, um, obviously it was very, very important that we do that and it's, it's good to see that he's still going well. And finally, sorry for turning your head, Paddy. I was going to ask you, how do you feel Parig is going at number 11? Yeah, no, Parig is playing number 11 there since the start of the league and he's very, very settled up there and he enjoys it up there. He plays a lot up there with the club, so it's not a big move really, to be, to be honest about it. The match in Wexford Park tonight, Dublin won by a pint. It goes to show the, the, the real competitors of this Leinster Championship, despite what anyone would think. Yeah, well, that's what I think the whole time. You know, I've been saying it for a long, long time now. And, you know, Wexford and Parnell Park are so difficult to beat. And Dublin went down and beat them there today, which, you know, was a big, big result for them. But am I amazed? I'm not amazed because I just say any time you go play Dublin, obviously, or go play Wexford, you just don't know how it's going to go. Up next is senior football manager Niall Carew. Niall, they're obviously disappointed, competed very well, but scores hard to come by and 10 points was never going to win the game. No, you're right, Brendan. And I, I suppose the biggest problem we had was every time we got back into the game... We coughed up a goal, probably from our own mistake. So that was the disappointing thing for our end, and I, I suppose that that's energy sapping, you know. And um, yeah, look, a disappointing result. Um, I thought we did play well in patches, but playing well in patches is not going to get you over the line. Goals came against the run of play too, and I know the kick out was a problem. Not all Kieran's fault. Elements weren't helping. It was difficult to play against the wind. It was difficult to play with it. Proved that in the second half, you restricted them from scoring as well, and the goals were the difference. But it wasn't an ideal day for. Ball. Yeah, no, I felt sorry for Chunny in goals. Um, he had a very good game. He's very confident under a high ball. Distribution was good. Um, and the kickouts, it's a two-way thing. You know, it's, it's players out the field and obviously the goalkeeper himself. But, um, yeah, I just think we, we coughed up a couple of, you know, hands and errors let us down that let him in for a goal or two. And we didn't track a runner once or twice. And um, there was no way back then after the last goal. Yeah, the defence, you defended well enough and it was hard to see where the five goals came out. If I said they got two against run of the third one was a sucker punch because you were in control. You got the opening score of the second half, that's what you wanted. But the third one was a real sucker punch, and it, that did actually come against run of play. It was a good move from that. Yeah, it did. And um, look, when that happens and it's your own mistake as well, it just saps the energy from you. So, you know, a goal at, at that stage of the game, even though there was about 15 minutes left, it, it put 10 points in it or put nine points in it, I think, at that stage. And it just was a mountain for our lads to climb then. But uh, yeah, look, our lads would be disappointed, Brendan. Um, you know, a lot of us didn't play up to scratch and they know that themselves. Um, but look, they're young. I think if you go through our team, we probably have 11 or 12 lads under 23 um, so that it, it's it's too many but it, at the same time it's great to get them the experience of a Leinster Championship match and the heat of battle and they'll only learn from it Yeah they competed well I think everybody like they can't be faulted they, they gave it everything just come up against a better team on the day Yeah uh, yeah. look all, the lads will always give
give it everything but I, I think there's even more and that probably comes with confidence as well so I, I think you know they're in a great place physically so they need to really empty it then fully then and, and that, that can be a confidence thing just not probably coming off the shoulder as much as we'd like and the odd time we were caught not tracking a runner um, but again that's experience and confidence um, and look we'll embrace this Talchon Cup uh, in four weeks time and uh, we'll give more championship games to lads but as I say when you have 10 or 11 lads under 23 in the one team you know you will get cut out in days like today Okay, we uh, mentioned Willie on the funny side of things New York are in the Talchon Cup Niall we could be a, a Carla manager in history to bring the first Carla team to New York I'm not quite sure whether a Carla team have played there before as a county team but uh, New York are in it it's interesting how difficult is it going to be with four weeks five weeks of a gap to keep lads together or what's your plan yeah, and no, our plan is we'll go to the gym Wednesday night because this is a long-term process, Brendan, for Carla football. It's not just about this year. So we go to the gym Wednesday. We'll have the three days off now. We'll regroup and then we'll go back on the pitch on Friday. Um, and, we, you know, we'll we'll do a team-building uh, exercise with the lads as well. And this is all for the future. This is not just a hit-and-run for all these players and we want to keep them together for as long as we can. And uh, when they have the experience then, it'll work out well. Just on the new York thing I brought Sligo to New York and for a management team it's a nightmare uh, because you don't want to be the first team to be beaten over there um, but yeah look um, it, it's exciting it can be exciting the Tygen Cup if it's if it's ran properly I hope it is um, but there's nothing about it and, and that's a worry um, you know so you, you just I think they missed the trick Brendan and not having the Tygen Cup that there wasn't a, a backdoor into an other than quarter final I think that would have been the trick um for me anyway that was the obvious thing to do to keep everyone interested keep the whole thing going but look we'll embrace it because I think it'll benefit our lads um, the extra two or three games OK well listen commiserations today on Ireland thanks for staying around to have a chat with us always obliging and doing that commiserations on the defeat today we look forward to the Italian Cup and thanks again and thank you Brendan appreciate that thanks mate thank you thanks There is plenty of action in the local Greyhound scene. Here's Joe Sheehan to tell us more. We have so much going on in the Greyhound racing world this weekend and every weekend. It's a hive of activity. Great to see crowds coming back in their droves in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium and all over the country. In Limerick Greyhound Stadium last night, we had a full house, a packed to capacity Limerick Greyhound Stadium for the final of the 2022 Con and Annie Kirby Memorial, the richest juvenile greyhound race in the entire planet. And we had strong local interest in this one, with Mooncoin trainer Peter Cronin having Kildare running for him, one of the favourites for the competition, having put in an astonishing run in the semi-final, winning in 28-21. Kildare ran a gallant race last night, doing a brilliant 28.69, finishing third and taking home €10,000 for his very worthy connections. And Kildare came into this competition an unraced greyhound, having only his fifth start last night, so for one with so little experience. It really was a phenomenal achievement for the Moon Coin trainer Peter Cronin and his son Michael Cronin. They are a great team of trainers down there and all connections. Well done to all of them. Kildare is a very, very bright prospect and should go very very far in his career so well done to all of them elsewhere 
in our local track in Kilkenny last night we had a cracking final of the Blackstone Kennels A2 A3 it, this competition has produced fantastic action over the last number of weeks in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium and it came to a wonderful end last night with Monagore Bistro winning for owner trainer Sean Cogan a very very nice prize money for this one 2000 euro he took home for a connection so well done to Monagore Bistro Sean Coogan and all connections. He went off the 6-4 favourite last night, finishing so well. There was only a head in the difference, one hundredth of a second between first and second. That'll just show you how tight these margins are. So between the first, second and third, there was only six hundredths of a second. Very, very tight margins. It was a cracking race with a massive, massive finish from the first four or five greyhounds involved. Only a lint actually separated between first and fifth place so that'll just show you how tight this finishes but the winner a very worthy winner Monagore Bistro who'd won the last number of weeks as well came in here in majestic form made a three under bounce and all credit to Monagore Bistro Ballygore Thur was back in second for owner trainer William Hennon who of course had a treble on the card on Wednesday morning's SAS meeting so well done to William Henlon he's having a cracking week in the Greyhound world back in third was Malvern Avenue for owner trainer Larry Ellard so well done to all of them coming first second and third in the Blackstone Kennels 8-2-8-3 final last night elsewhere we had the beginning of the Fonzie MacDonald competition last night the A3 competition we had 24 grounds 4 heats and of course Fonzie MacDonald is so fondly and kindly remembered by all of those in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium of course from Bagnallstown in County Carlow he passed away recently and it was great to have a competition in the memory of Fonzie MacDonald so that got underway last night the first round we had 4 heats so, in the first round, Bob Ollinger, of course, very well named after a famous horse. Bob Ollinger won in the 29.02 for the Only Fools Syndicate and marches on to next week's semi-finals. It was a very, very nice performance by Bob Ollinger. Icarus was back in second and Efrenog Claw was back in third. In the second round, Ratchie's Gift came in for owner-trainer PJ Peacock. A very nice performance here in 29-14, showing good early pace. Fortunate duo and Tremere Smokey came second and third respectively, and they, those three march on to next week's semi-finals. In the third round, Blastoff Harry won in a cracking 28-83 for a trainer whose name has been mentioned many times in this slot, Paul Hennessy and owner Paul Hines. He went off the favourite at 6-4, won by half a length. 28, 83 o'clock. Very, very impressive by Blastoff Harry. Black Summer and Ratchie's Rossi finished second and third respectively as well. And last but not least, in the fourth round of the Fonzie MacDonald Memorial last night, Boo the Best won in 28-94 for the Eagle Balloon Sill Syndicate. And trainer Thomas Buggy, very shrewd trainer indeed. Very nice performance, showing deadly early pace. Back in second was Carlo Jett, and back in third was Leah's Duke, and those three match on to next week's semi final. So in Kilkenny, we, next week we'll have the semi finals of the Fonzie MacDonald Memorial A3 5 The final will be the week after that on May the 6th where we will also have at the beginning of the 10,000 euro to the winner champion unraced. So we are very, very looking forward to that in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium so lots to look forward to over the coming weeks and the Kilkenny Goba have done majestic work recently 
in their work in the track doing up the track painting cleaning and doing everything that needs to be done so well done to all of them volunteering at the track and it's going to be looking amazing it's looking amazing already but for the commencement of the champion unraced so we're really really looking forward to that elsewhere in Shelburne Park tonight we have the Puppy Oaks final the Suncraft Festival Puppy Oaks final and it promises to be a cracking race it always is and it's an era where the ladies in the greyhound racing world are really really thriving and all these bitches any one of them could win it is a very very tight final indeed but perhaps crafty jaco having won in 28 26 last week will go off the favorite for that one so that one takes place at 42 minutes past nine and you can catch all the action on the barking buzz app so a lot happening in the greyhound racing world to sum it all up well done to mooncoin trainer peter cronin and all his team having come third in a classic last night in the Conan Kirby Memorial. We had the Fonzie MacDonald first round last night and we're looking forward to the semi-finals of that next Friday night in Kilkenny and the week after that the champion on race on May the 6th. So lots to look forward to in the coming weeks in the Greyhound Racing World. Episode 2 of The Clash Act dropped on Friday evening. This latest edition sees Eddie Scally speak to Wexford legend Matty Ford. Here's a preview. I don't think I've ever seen a better championship from an individual player than your championship in 2008 and Wexford won the league. Do you think, and I know what people say about personal accolades and all that, do you think your suspension in 2007 haunted you a little bit in 2008 with commentators, with awards, things like that? You know, am I, am I being a bit too conspiracy theorist or is it something, that is there merit to what I'm saying? I probably maybe a little bit of both, but I think first the, the suspension was actually in 2006. Right. So, uh, I, 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 you know what, I actually don't think it did. To be fair, because I remember there was four of us, I think, were nominated for All Stars. There was myself, Kieran, Colin Morris, and maybe Redmond Barry or Anthony Masterson, or maybe five. I can't remember, but like I was just very surprised that one, at least one Wexford footballer didn't get it. Which I said with the year we had, I know we lost in Leinster and we lost the Ireland semi final, but you know it'd be very rare that that and being in an Ireland semi final you wouldn't get at least one. Um, you know we'd obviously gone a huge amount further. Um, this year uh, than, than we had in 2004 when he actually did win an All-Star now look at fair enough I was top scorer in the league and the championship in 2004 but um, I actually would have felt I nearly actually played better uh, football in 2008 but look I, you know, we, to be honest we didn't make, it too, uh, make too big of a deal but I don't actually think any of us were at the All-Stars I think it was the day Colin Morris got married as far, from what I can remember but I just I did find it strange I thought Kieran Ling looked to be a search for one because he had been outstanding all year as well and obviously he scored that wonder goal in the semi-final um, and I think he was he was second or third highest scoring in the championship as well so look I, I didn't put too much pass I just I, I thought I had played well but I just thought with going off injured in the semi-final um, and not finishing the match I thought that probably probably counted against me but look it wasn't I, I never made it too much of it to be honest yeah no it, like, look it's great I, you know you were you were Wexford's first ever all-star in football which you know it's a great accolade to, to, to have achieved on a personal level but no but genuinely like from me when I looked at it because I've, I've seen it in, in, in different sports people like Mary Lacey I don't think Mary Lacey has won 
the the her of the year in or the Camogie Player of the Year, you know, in, in in a couple of seasons where I think she was a Stonewall certainty, and I think maybe a, a speech she gave after winning an All Ireland might have prevented her from ever winning yeah. a, a player. You know, so, so sometimes the, these yeah, things yeah. can be, uh, you know, I'm not being unfair by saying that anyone that knows it knows I give my opinion and I and I genuinely believe that I think Mary was robbed of a few of them because of her speech when they won the All Ireland. But um just 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 on, on, on the All Ireland semi final, like Tyrone beat you that day by six points, I think it was in the end. Um you going off at half time, you know, was it the back again? I can't remember what the injury was that you were going off at half time with, but you, you went off injured. What what was the injury that made you come off at half time? It must have been you must have been broke up to be no, going off. I had I had I played the down game. Um, I damaged the hamstring after the Leinster final. I think playing playing with Kyle Nearn in a club championship match. So I played the down game and the Armagh game fairly heavily strapped on my hamstring um, in both those games because I wasn't I wasn't near 100. percent But I got through it. And look, we had I think we had two or three weeks. So it did it improved significantly before the semi final. So it wasn't well. It wasn't 100. percent I was happy, more than happy enough to play on it in the in the semi final, but. About 20 minutes in, I went for a ball underneath the over and underneath the Hogan stand. And Conor Gormley pushed me in the back, and I came down and went over my ankle. I tore ligaments to my ankle pretty badly, so I went in and just stood in front of the goal basically for the last seven or eight minutes of the first half. And I came in and got up on the t- like I could at this stage I'd, I'd done it before, and it's, it's not a it's not a nice injury, but. I got up on the table and the the physio and doctor kind of went at it. And I think anyone who's who's done ankle ligaments will know you're not going to you're not going to get back up and walk out after five or ten minutes of physio on it just after doing it. So they strapped it up. It didn't make any difference. The doctor gave me an injection. I just couldn't put weight on it. I just I I, I was on crutches for probably seven eight days after that. Um, but yeah, look, I just sure. Obviously, this is the, the biggest game we'd ever played in. To, to have to go off at half time, you know, most injuries you probably could get away with getting an injection of some sort. But ligaments, you know, particularly in your ankle, you're, you're just you're not going anywhere with them. Um, so I thought to have to go off and sit and look at the second half. And in fairness to him, the comeback they made was was unbelievable. Um, to get that close, I think we got it down to three points at one stage, either two or three with that goal. Do you remember? Yeah, scoring was unbelievable. Um, so to get it that close and look at. Be sitting looking at that was was tough going. It would have been like see, like I wondered as well. Kind of when I was doing my research, kind of looking into this, I was kind of thinking to myself, you know. I always believed there wasn't a football team that I've seen that you wouldn't have been on if you know what I mean there was no team I didn't think you'd be good enough to be on it but I remember thinking if I was managing Wexford or if I was involved in some way in that setup, how much of a crushing blow it would be to the rest of the group around you to see you know you're the leader on the team you're one star player you're a lad that's been in the trenches lots of times with these lads and, and, and pulled them out of it by the years on occasions like it must have had a, an effect across the across the board with the team, and and I know sometimes lads can say that that balances that sometimes players will up themselves with what happened, and as you say rightly, the lads put in a, a trojan effort in the second half. But it must have been tinged a couple of months later. You must have been thinking in your own mind if if if, if I hadn't have done that or what might have been if you had another thirty five minutes in Crow Park. Yeah, sure. Look, I was thinking that from for the whole second half. Never mind. But look, I think it does dispel any any idea of Wexford being a one man team. Like the performance lads put in the second half was just nothing short of unbelievable. I think we were, we were similar to the media. I think we were ten, eleven points down. And they got that back to two. Um, we were definitely eight or nine down, and to get it back to two. So I think it's it, it's a it's a great reflection on the rest of them. To be honest, if any, if, if nothing else, that it just shows exactly what they were made of. Um, I suppose it would have been a handy enough excuse to say that I was gone and sure look at we'll throw we'll throw our hat and throw the towel in, but you know, anyone that knows 
uh, a lot of those lads and especially those lads I'd mentioned there earlier on um, knows that crew of lads them lads weren't going to were never going to roll over um, and they certainly didn't that day so I think as I said if anyone was ever in, in any doubt I think that proved that day of what, what the rest of them were made of Matty you stepped into a backroom role there with Paul Galvin for, for a small while there when Paul went in unfortunately Paul's tenure didn't last very long either I think it was just wrath but on, on, on luckiness you know your time in the camp like I don't know from the outside looking in it's very easy to kind of join the dots but that's not how these things happen in fairness but there was a number of players dropped off the panel and then you had to step away because of work commitments it didn't look great for, for Paul if you know what I mean at the time because this was all yeah. coming kind of fast and furious like what, what was it like I know it was only a short spell but what was it like in the camp yeah, well, I, 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 can, I can kind of tell you exactly. So, Paul, I had kind of made a decision not to go near kind of any Wexford panel for a good number of years after I'd been involved with the minors and I would have felt they were treated very, very poorly um, in maybe, I don't know, what, 2017 or something, somewhere along there. Um, I just felt, you know, they were, they were like literally like second-class citizens and there was, there was a good few reasons to back that up. But anyway, I'd, I'd stepped away. I knew Paul got the job and I knew Paul quite well and I'd met Paul through the international rules and, and playing against him and stuff like that. And maybe someone I'd have a huge amount of time for. So kind of... Uh, through gritted teeth I went and met him and he told me kind of what he he had in mind and stuff like that and I would have been very impressed with him because I know he, he does he studies the game a huge amount and he's he's a real kind of a thought to, as people have, have said he's a, a student of the game I'm not really sure what that means but he, he really does study the game and he really understands it so um, like and obviously he was a hell of a player himself so I, I said look at I told him my situation at work at the time I was working um, driving a government minister so I was week on week off and I don't on my week on work I, I wouldn't get to training so I told him this and he said look I'll come in and we'll see how it works so look I knew very quickly um, it wasn't going to work for me because I thought that look if I as a player um, I wouldn't have done this I wouldn't have been here half the time and I said like, as I, I would expect players to be there all the time they would expect the management to be there all the time so I said look I'm kind of not happy with this and I, I was actually the first to go um, but I know and I spoke to Paul about it since and I know he, a lot of his reasons for going and frustrations for going would have been I suppose the, the, the backing he felt he kind of wasn't getting um, he wanted to come in and, and set down a marker in Wexford um, and, and bring in exactly what we've been talking about you know professionalism um, change the culture because look at it. I had been involved in the senior management a couple of years before and like it, there's no doubt about it it was definitely slipping um, and slipping big time you know that, that was only what, six, eight years after the All-Ireland All-Ireland final, All-Ireland semi-final and you know, we were going back down through the divisions rapidly and not looking like we were coming out of them so Paul was trying to change things and set down a few markers and you know, to be honest I wouldn't have had a major problem with any of the decisions he made um, if I had been there with him I, I, I would have actually backed him up to be honest um, he was, you know, we, there was one, one case of a, a player going on holidays um, you know, a couple of maybe five, six weeks before Christmas and Paul kind of said to him you know look I'd, I'd expect you to be doing a bit of work when you're away and the guy kind of laughed at him and you know no one Galvin it's just it wasn't the right thing to do and you know the, the players just a lot of players wanted the scene to kind of play on their own terms um, and Paul Galvin having come from you know winning whatever it was four All Irelands with Kerry and a couple of All Stars and he haven't been played at that level. You know he didn't get to that level by by coming and going when it suited him. So he was put, he was very definitely putting down his own marker and putting down his own stamp. But look at I know there's plenty of the players who were left there when Paul left and they would have been more than happy for him to stay. Um, it wasn't as if there was any unrest with players. Absolutely, he dropped a few guys, um, maybe one or two of them a little harshly. But I think 
I think in a couple of cases it probably needed to be done to be honest yeah because look I I remember when like the whole thing for me I thought with COVID coming in and it just it was just unfortunate uh, timings but I remember like Paul Galvin came in with a big personality I thought it was a great opportunity for Wexford GEA to start promoting football again now he, he he was very clear on his like I read an article and, and it was a quote from him he basically had said about David Fitzgerald was a very nice guy in the media and the whole lot but behind the scenes he was a little prick basically or something along them lines <laughs> um, you know and like he felt that one of the things he did feel so strongly about was that the Wexford Herders were getting, you know, far more or far better treatment than the footballers. And I, and I felt, from what I could understand, Paul Galvin didn't feel the love in Wexford that David Fitzgerald was afforded. But that's, to be honest, you're after someone up better in about three sentences there than I did in the, in the previous five minutes. Because that's, look at in a nutshell, that's exactly what it was. And that's, you know, he didn't, he didn't want to to be kind of, you know, going out and people saying, oh, he's kind of leaving in the strop or whatever like that. But like that's, in essence, is is, is kind of what happened. Um, you know, it, but look, at it, it's like we were talking about kind of early in the conversation. Do the hurdlers get the same, afforded the same, um, I suppose, royalties as, as, the, as the hurdlers? I don't think to do. Um, I still don't think to do. I think it's probably, um, you know, it's it, it's... It's never, it's never really going to change. It's never going to be the same. You know, I look at it and, and I've had kind of a few run-ins with the county board and people have quoted stuff I've said in that. But you know, it's not the same, and and I don't think I don't think it's ever been the same. Um, you know, we were we were offered free stuff in two thousand eight. You know, when we were when we were in the All Ireland semi final, and we were told unless the hurlers are getting it, we are not getting it, and we didn't. Um, you know, it's just it's kind of strange. This stuff was costing nothing. We were getting it free. Um, but you know, unless unless the hurlers got it, we weren't allowed to get it, and that's that's the way it's done. And look at it, I, I don't really think it's changed um, over the years, to be honest. We also caught up with golfing ace Seamus Power. Have a listen. Seamus Power, Augusta is in the rearview mirror. Uh, how did you find your time at uh, at the Masters before we jump into the Irish Open? It was, it was it was incredible to be honest. It was so it's so different from any other tournament I've ever played. You know, it was just the whole thing is special. Even little things that I don't know people, but like you no know, phones on site on course make such a difference. You just feel like people are watching watching actual golf more, be more into it, and just kind of just just it's just it, the golf is just seems more important there so it was very fun it was obviously great to make the cut not quite the week i was looking for but i was delighted to see obviously rory and shane playing so well there so it was uh it was a very fun week well look you had said earlier this year uh that you were very much intending to play the irish open and then head on to scotland and then head on to the the open itself you've been announced officially today for the horizon irish open in kilkenny uh what are you or what might you be looking forward to about kilkenny and mount juliet this summer yeah, I mean, obviously, for me, being from Waterford, you know, it's geez, it's it's about as close an Irish Open is going to get to to where I grew up. You know, I grew up just outside Dungarvan, so it's only you know probably forty five minutes to Mount Juliet, and you know, I have great memories playing there growing up. Um, we played we played a Southeastern Alliance and stuff like that in the winter growing up, and you know, even going back to the days where they had the WGC there, I remember being up there because it was so close, mm-hmm. uh, watching Tiger play that year, and was an earning one the next year, and it was just yeah, I mean, I really really can't wait. You know, I'd obviously don't get to play a lot of golf in Ireland, but you know, I have un- incredible memories of Lahinch a couple of years ago in t- 2019. Um, it was a fun week. All my family and stuff were up there watching, friends coming up and just like the home support. And like obviously in Mount Julia, I, like, I hopefully will have the same and looking forward to a really great week there. When, by memory, would have been the last time you would have played there? 
I actually I played there probably like three, four years ago. I, I went up with some friends just to play. Um, as I said, it's not too far for me. Um, I mean, so for you know, for where I grew up, you know, that was the closest kind of like mm. big, big golf course, and it was always so it was always such a fun kind of day out. And yeah, so we went up maybe three, four years ago, and they were still doing some of the kind of improvements at the time. Uh, so maybe it was four or five somewhere in that kind of yes. thing. And uh, so that, that was the last time. But yeah, really looking forward to getting another crack at it. Well, look, a, a lot has changed for you in terms of your your CV and how that's shaped up from the last time you played the Irish Open, which would have been 19, as I mentioned, uh, to to this appearance. Uh, do you think um, Do you think it's going to bring a little bit of extra pressure? I mean, I'm sure it will, like, but it's just, I mean, that's just part of the game. It's, as I always say, people, people growing up, like, does the pressure go away if you make a little bit, you know, people ask if you make a little bit of money or make this or make that, does the pressure go away? And it just doesn't because you're, you know, your, your inner kind of, um, like wants and desires for the game continue to go up so your ex- expectations go up so the pressure changes you know that that's just part of it but it, I mean I'll, I'll happily take that over over the alternative you know where it's you're kind of in the field and nobody knows it so mm-hmm. no I'm really looking forward to it you know I said playing in front of the home home fans and friends is obviously going to be different and that itself would bring some added pressure but nothing I'm not looking forward to yeah I mean you might you might be coming into it uh, or you might be considered I should say among early favourites given the, the the near home field that advantage for it what are your expectations at, at this stage for the open is it to, to put in a good showing make an account of yourself to warm up for for scotland and for for the open itself or, or where does it where does it position in your head no for me i mean that that's going to be you know obviously you have the majors well on but i mean for, for the irish open for an irish golfer it's going to be right up there just just behind those you know so it's going to be for me it's going to be obviously it's a little far out now but as you get closer you know making sure my preparation is right kind of analyzing the course kind of at least in my mind i've seen it before see what kind of shots i might need make sure all that kind of stuff is in good order and then getting to mount Juliet on either monday afternoon or tuesday morning and preparing properly and get putting yourself in position to win come sunday you know that, that that's going to be the goal any week I play but obviously like especially so on a week of the Irish Open Last one for you then given that you're spending so much of your, your time in the US on the tour there where would you see the Irish Open ranking in terms of European golf? I mean obviously it's fantastic I mean when I when I was getting into golf, Irish Irish Open was one of the biggest events on the European Tour. You know, and I had memories going to Foda Island. They used to do I don't know if they still do this, but they would, you know, a golf club would get to like you know do a, do, do a hole where we would like do all the marshals on the tee box and the green and stuff. So I have memories of fantastic memories of the Irish Open, all the top European Tour players playing it. And I know obviously it's not quite where they wanted, but it is headed back in the right direction. It's it's an incredible stop. All players I talked to. I'll draw my career of fantastic memories playing the Irish Open so it's uh, you know I'm just delighted to be a part of it again and you know hopefully more and more players will continue to come good stuff last one for you Seamus what's on the cards for you this week uh, I have the Zurich Classic in New Orleans it's the team event on the PGA Tour so I'm actually playing with Graham McDowell so really looking forward to it it's going to be a fun week we're kind of you know I'll see him later today at the course and we'll kind of get going on it but it's, it's going to be a fun exciting week something different and we're really looking forward to it good stuff well Seamus Power um, all the very best uh, for the summer very much looking forward to seeing you in action in Mount Juliet in, uh, in June July thank you very much Ken I appreciate it Next up is Leo Sullivan, assistant manager of Freebooters, who talks to us about their Pat Marr Shield victory against Thomastown last weekend. Hearts Volkswagen.ie. KCLR. Now, welcome back to Scoreline. Bef-
just nearly six o'clock. We're ready to say our goodbyes, but we did mention some big games going on. Of course, there was the Casey Law McCallman Cup going ahead. Three fixtures went ahead today, but the big one was the LFA quarterfinal between Freebooters and New Oak. It was Carlo going up against Kilkenny. New Oak, as we said, came out the better on penalties. But joining me now is the assistant manager of Freebooters, uh, Lee O'Sullivan. Lee, thanks very much for taking the time. No worries, Shane. How are you keeping? Not too bad, sir. Not too bad. Look, as a former Freebooters man myself, it's quite. Uh, it's not nice to see from a perspective of doing so well and having such massive fixture congestion and then to go out on penalties. You must be all devastated. Uh, yeah, yeah, we are, Shane. It was tough. Yeah, listen, it was a good rattle. It, it, um, it could have gone either way, to be honest. Um, they had their spells, we had ours, but when it gets down to penalties and yeah, we, we had an, an extra man at the end and we were pushing to try to win it in the end so when it when it goes to penalties we all know it's uh, it's 50-50 Shane and, and it can go it can be your, your day or like today unfortunately it wasn't so unfortunately yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can you can only take what you can from it then and, and move on. But disappointed, yeah, very disappointed. When we were talking to John Corrigan over the past while, um, we know you had a bit of kind of messing around. Was it with Beechwood or Bralbriggan, and they were trying to get games called off and stuff, which has knock-on effects. Then with the McCallum Cup, you played the McCallum Cup fixture before everybody else, and then you still you're behind Evergreen in games in the league as well. It's becoming quite congested, furry. Did you feel that that was even a factor today? But considering you went to extra time and penalties yeah, it didn't um, seem like it uh, no no I don't think so no 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 we, we, like, we didn't have a game during the week I, I know we're going to start you know games are going to come taking fast now and it probably uh, will be will be Sunday Wednesday from you know possibly from now to the end of the season but now no well, uh, for today there can be no excuse that side of it we, we had no games during the week we trained twice we were nice and fresh we get to light so no, no, I, I, it, 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 it will become a nuisance, but uh, not, not, no excuse for today again. That, that, that wouldn't have affected today at all. No. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's quite nice to, to hear that from yourself. But you're coming off though the celebrations of a Pat Marshield win as well, going up against Thomastown. I believe Thomastown were ahead two one at one stage. You came back, won that game three two. So you know, the, going from the joys and then kind of coming back down to, to where you are now it must be a weird I feeling can, yeah. uh, it's, it's just the highs and lows I, I, you know you, you, you get bought in, in, in the season uh, and, and, and we've had very much so in the last two weeks we, we, we've had our high last week and our, our low today you know so yeah but we, we um, you know we, we enjoyed the week that was in it as I said we we late training because Thomas Owen put us up to the the pin of our collars last week, and we, we, we in the end, we, we got over the line, but we were 2 0 down in that one, Shane. So, we to come back from, from 2 0 down against a, a, a serious Thomas Town team, it, it showed character, and we were we were thrilled all week, you know, to, to, to have silverware in the bag, you know. So, certainly from highs last week to lows this week, but that's that's football for you, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. And look, you're the only team from Kilkenny to ever win a Leinster uh, Cup. And it was we were following along on the journey here as well. And then the FAI Cup, it wasn't a great day against uh, Pig Villa from Tipperary. But like you're, the Pat Marshalls, you have that now in the bank. You have St. Canis is coming up, uh, you know, going down to the water barracks against them in the KCLR McCallman Cup. You still have a load of games left that seems to be played in the league as well. So it's going to... Everything coming, yeah. taking fast. Oh yeah, it, 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 as I said, from 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 now, and we were notified there last week, but we knew it was coming. That, that maybe after today, that it was going to be Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday. From from now on, so we were, you know, we're we're going to be prepared for that. And 
so we'll, we'll just we'll just train accordingly and and and, and you know use it just the matches as obviously as as part of our training week. So it's it, it's going to be different, obviously. But um, but we do have a panel, Shane. We 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 have lads there that are you know tune to, to to get onto the pitch every game. So it, it, this, if anything, I suppose we'll we'll take the positive out of it and 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 we'll we'll get to um, use all those players and they'll be in an, again a month's time comes they'll be. They'll be sick of playing football, but uh, <laughs> they'll get they'll, they'll get loads of it now in the next month. And so you know, you take the positive, and you, yeah, yeah, you know, it, it means everyone will have loads of game time. So, so we 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 do have the panel, hopefully, to to uh, get through those times, you know, and 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 rotation now and rest will be the big thing rather than training. So, yeah, no, no, again, again, we're we're prepared for that. So we we'll we'll take it as it comes, and we'll we'll we we'll meet the challenge head on for that one. And just having a, a look at the Premier Division, you're 12 points behind Evergreen, but you have three games in hand, so it's still very much yeah, in the melting yeah. pot as well. Well, you know, obviously it's a mountain to climb, but technically speaking, if you want to say that, we if we if, if we win all our games and that and that and that's and that's a tough ask anyway uh, with the games we have with the other teams, but but one of those games is Evergreen as well. So if we win all those games, I believe it goes down to a playoff then, you know. So. It's um, it's it's uh, you know we're still in it. Um, it's it, it's not over, and 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 when we we don't think for a minute that it is over. So, as long as we're, you know, it's, it's still in with a shout, we 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 go out, uh, you know, and 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 take it. Uh, that that we can still win it, you know. So it's 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 a tough match, and it it, it is with, with with the McCallum Cup and with today, it'll be it'll it'll start affecting us, but um. But we'll, 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 as I said, we'll meet the challenge head on and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll take it as it comes. And one day at a time, I think that's all we can do at this stage. Huh? Yeah, and it's, it's, it is a long time coming because when everything shut down for the pandemic, Freebooters were very kind of comfortable in cruising and it, th- there was thought that the, you would be taking on the Premier Division for the first time in a while. Is that a motivating factor now going into the remaining kind of games in the Premier Division? It, it, it is shit. It always is. You know, we're, we're, we 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 haven't won it in a long time. And um, <clears throat> excuse me. And we um, you know, we 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 feel that that we're putting together something now that that can that can challenge going forward for it. Be it be it this year. You know, we 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 brought in an awful lot of youth into the team this year and deserve and, and from their part point of view, it's deservedly so because if this is a lot of this team now has won Leinster youth as well as the Leinster juniors that we won, but a lot of this team. Are coming off the back of winning two Leinster youths over the last three or four years, so they have to be given chances to to, to come in. And, and uh, so there was a bit—I wouldn't say a clear out, but there was a bit of lads finished up, and 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 we we had to invest in the youth that was there, and um and and, and we, we are reaping our rewards. Eh? Like you know, will will it be silverware this year? Or thank God we have one, but are, are, you know, are we going to win the league this year? I'm not sure. It'll it'll, it'll be very very tough, but it's it, it's more for the future that we're heading. You know, but and we think. We think we're on the on the right track anyway, you know, by bringing in these lads, giving them experience. Even from today, you know, you take you take the best of a, of a loss like that, and you, and you learn from it, you know. So hopefully, these lads will 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 learn from today and and and, and move on, and you know, in time, be it this year or next year, I think I think we'll be there thereabouts, and you know, com- competing with. The, the Thomas Towns and the Evergreens and, and, and all the rest of the, the, the great teams that are in the Premier League at the moment you know? Well Lee thanks very much for taking the time I know it's a, it was a tough one today to take losing on penalties is never nice for anybody but absolute gent for talking to us best of luck for the rest of the season you never know if you get back get past Canises and Castle Warren Celtic get, <laughs> get past Brookville I might be meeting you on the sideline in the McCallum Cup but uh, thanks very much <laughs> for taking the time
Appreciate it, Shane. Thanks very much. Best of luck. Leo Sullivan, assistant manager of Freebooters. Tough one to take, as we said, losing on penalties to New Oak. Congratulations to New Oak, though. They have a tremendous team. Dean Kelly just uh, spoke to him many times here on Scoreline. An absolute gentleman of a man and an absolute baller to boot. We're going to take a quick app break there and then we're going to say our goodbyes on Scoreline. We've come to the end of another episode of Scoreline Extra. Don't forget, you can catch the live show every Saturday and Sunday from 2pm. Chat to you again soon. Mm-hmm.